3: to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramerica. If you want to make friends, I'm trying to make you some money. My job, not just to entertain, but to educate, teach, put it in context. So call me at 1-800-743-CNBC or yes, tweet me at Jim Kramer. Every day, Every day that I come out here, the checklist gets a little longer. The checklist you got to go through before you can feel comfortable buying stocks. This need for caution weighs on the tape, as we call it, including today, where we opened strong and gave up some of our gains, but they'll ultimately least advanced 43 points. S&P rose 0.21%. NASDAQ like inched up 0.27%. Let me tell you about this checklist. This is the kind of thing that no money manager wants to talk about on TV, even though it's what they're thinking all the time when they decide to buy or sell. It's a cruel calculus, people. There's very little spare cash coming over the transit these days, not like the old days, Uh, which means when a fund buys something, well, they typically need to sell something, make some room, raise some cash. At the same time, we've had this endless parade of IPOs, most of which have been pretty disappointing, frankly, and that's used up a lot of cash, too. I wish the pipeline of new deals would just stop. Does the market really need shares in Slack, the much-hyped collaboration software plan? I'd rather have a pair of Slacks. Do we want WeWork, the office space startup with a heinous balance sheet, especially now that there's been a kind of slowdown in new business formation? Are the underwriters still going to bring Airbnb, which may turn out to be like Uber, a company that should have come public years ago uh, before its growth peak? Why don't uh, Airbnb go on Expedia Gun and Ford. Remember to all the bankers out there shut down the IPO pipeline. It's too much supply. You're hurting our business. But I bring these IPOs up because a lot of hedge fund managers have lost money in these deals, and the end result is that they need to be more careful with their cash. If you If you think there could be a limit to the supply, though, I don't want you to hold your breath because, you know, just this very evening, Uber reported some, I don't know, some people are calling it a surprise. Give me a break. Some decent numbers. I did like to talk about Uber Freight, and that was good. But you know what it's going to do? It's going to be the rallying cry for all these underwriters and the research friends to say, now's the time. And you're going to see more deals than ever. And that's where this checklist comes in. Before a portfolio manager considers buying something, it's got to run through this gauntlet. So I'm going to give it to you one by one. First question you need to ask before you pull the trigger. Easy. How much China? Remember, this trade war is a double-edged sword. If your business sources its merchandise in China, its margins is going to get hit right now because there's no way to make the Chinese eat the full impact of President Trump's 25% tariffs. They went into effect on May 10th. Sure, they'll take some of it, but some of it's got to be passed on to you or to the store that you go to. Those tariffs hurt. That's the whole point. The cost is now being absorbed by everyone in the food chain, from Chinese suppliers to U.S. companies that buy from them to you, the consumer. The only way to escape it, some companies were smart enough to get out of China ahead of the tariff increase, like Cisco. Chuck Robbins, the CEO of Cisco, didn't want to be too reliant on the People's Republic. He believed President Trump when he threatened to shut down trade with China. He was a visionary. And hey, by the way, you know, it's a visionary dollar general. We'll talk about that later. Most companies, though, sourced from China and didn't really have that kind of foresight, which is why many of the earnings estimates need to come down. And there's the other edge of the sword. If you sell them to China or you need Chinese approval for whatever you're doing, you could be in real trouble if the Communist Party decides to weaponize, that's the new word, your business. Sort of like what we're currently doing with Huawei. That's a $100 billion company. It's not to sneeze at. If China retaliates in kind, any company with huge Chinese sales could be in danger. That means the worst of the worst are companies that both source in China and sell in to China. And you know what that describes, don't you? Yep. Even though Apple stock is very cheap, the earnings estimates may be too high in light of the tariffs and the possibility of a Chinese boycott. Apple does not get past this checklist. Oh, by the way, and again, Apple has double exposure because they also do a lot of manufacturing in China to export here. That means if President Trump decides to slap a 25 percent tariff in the on the other 300 billion of imports from China that he already has not taxed, Well, that's going to hurt Apple without an exemption, which I don't think they're going to give. Well, Apple would need to raise prices substantially in this country. I believe you should own Apple, not trade it. But from a portfolio manager's perspective, Apple exemplifies everything that's wrong with this market. Oh, unintended consequences alert. I know the president wants China to move more of its manufacturing from China here. That's a big issue with him. But if he puts big tariffs on imported Apple goods, well, what do people do? Well, they'll go buy Samsung phones. A lot of good that'll do for the largest taxpayer in America. Second item on the checklist, you need to ask if the, if the company's lever, 2 levered. This is a new one, by the way, new addition to the checklist. 2 levered to the American consumer. Hold it. Unemployment, 3.6%. Uh uh-uh. If you want to get a read on the consumer, I've long felt the best way to do so is with PVH, the parent company of Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger. PVH uh, cuts into a huge percentage of retail picture in this country. And last night, we learned from the company's always reliable CEO, Manny Chirico, that consumer spending has slowed, maybe even dramatically, in the last month. That's why Manny had to cut his prices. That's why his stock got cut 14 bucks. We now know that when President Trump raised his tariffs earlier this month, it actually did have a bigger impact than a lot of people thought it would. It's a, just a, it's a punch in the kisser. Uh, now, I've been telling you that the trade war is worth it, that China's a bad actor. If we don't do something, the PRC will keep taking advantage of us, and they'll pass us in terms of world hegemony. Don't want that. But there's no denying that the tariffs have really now started to, to hurt us. Uh, There's just too much evidence. I mean, the president, it's not worth denying. Okay, Uh, these consumer reliant stocks will now be hammered if they haven't been hit already. Price of trade war. Third item on the checklist. You need to know if the earnings are hostage to the yield curve. Remember how treasuries are priced. If your business makes money off the difference between long term interest rates and short term interest rates, like the banks, estimates are too high. Dire consequence of plummeting long-term treasury yields. An inverted yield curve where all the financials are toxic, toxic, except for the faux financials, fintech. And even fintech has gotten too expensive here. If, it, if it's a bank money managers, no. Fourth, political risk. Like the possibility of the Democrats winning in the 2020 election and perhaps a landslide, implementing a single-payer health care system, I think it's unlikely, even with a President Sanders or President Warren. Interesting ring. Uh, it would still need to pass Congress, where the Democratic leadership is opposed to single payer. But most of the Democrats who are running for president want some form of Medicare for all. So it's a real risk for managed care companies and the hospital chains. As long as Joe Biden's in the lead group, it's fine. Got to buy them, but if it falters, boom. Fifth item on the checklist. Money managers don't want to own anything it's hostage to the terrible weather. Oh, well, that's just great. It's raining today. Now, uh, it, we've had bad weather in May. We've had bad weather for the last couple months. That includes uh, who gets hurt, retail, and, yes, housing. It's the spring selling season. But y- you don't want to go out in the rain. I think it's idiotic to sell stocks based on the weather, but money managers do stupid things all the time. And apparently a lot of companies were caught with their pants down by all this rain. Sixth item, got to be really careful. Do millennials hate it? Plastic. Food that's canned or processed. You see that uh, Kraft Heinz thing? Uh, Fossil fuels. More and more, I hear younger millennial money managers speak disparagingly about these groups. You have to be very careful. But please, don't just go buy the ultimate millennial stock beyond meat like everybody else. That's, That's way too high, for heaven's sake. Okay, we got a tough list, right? I mean, it's tough. And I, I could have gone more, but believe me, these are the ones that people are talking about. And some of these companies can effectively run the gauntlet and their stocks go higher. This morning, the Commerce Department slapped a 1,700% tariff on Chinese mattresses. Whoa, hey, guilty, $500 million coming in. That's fabulous news. That's right, $500 million in sales for mattresses there, but it's fabulous news for Leggett and Platts, L-E-G. That makes the innards of tons of American mattresses if you were to slash your mattress open. Not that I advise that. company can raise prices immediately. By the way, it yields 4.4% buy it. Or if a company dramatically reduces exposure to China, that can be a winner, too. Will you please look at Dollar General more on that later? Bottom line, let's face it. The guanalyze keeps getting more and more difficult. Money managers are desperate to avoid owning companies that could be facing estimate cuts. And this checklist is what protects them. Be ready for any company that fails the checklist to join the house of pain here. And remember that it will probably get worse before it gets better. So please prepare accordingly. Andrew in Florida. Andrew! Hey, Jim. Huge fan of the show. How you doing? I'm doing well. How about you? Doing well. Doing well. So my question is in regards to 10 cent Music. Is yeah. it a buy, sell, or hold? We're right only now? recommending Alibaba because of the trade uh, war, and I don't even like Alibaba, but I do feel like that people constantly ask me about a Chinese stock, and it's the best one. Uh, we're not going to take our lives in our hands recommending our Chinese stocks right now. How about Jack in Ohio? Jack! Hey, thanks for taking my call, Jimmy. Of course, Jack. Hey, the stock is down again
4: with the yield right under 5%, which is pretty good for this stock. I'm 56
1: years old and I'm looking to get out of here safely with a good energy stock and let the next people worry about it. Remember, Jimmy, it has an
2: excellent balance sheet. Exxon XO, no one ever
3: got hurt by an Exxon with that yield right now. I totally agree with you. I endorse it. I think you should buy it. I feel real good about it. okay I don't like fossil fuel stocks, but I should sure like Exxon with a five percent yield. Peter in Connecticut, Peter. Booyah, Jim. Booyah, my question for you is about um, the company NVIDIA. Mm-hmm. It's been struggling last, since the trade war, right? And you know, I just want to know. I mean. When should I get in I mean, okay. in. We do not it's know phone. when NVIDIA is going to bottom. I you know, I'm, I love that I'm hated to like NVIDIA if they told people to sell it 280. We've been buying it for the Travel Trust, Saks, Plus.com club. Why? Because we don't know when it's going to bottom. It's being hurt because people feel it won't be able to close the Mellanox deal, which is then going to hurt them. I say you buy in a stage on the way down and you bet on Jensen Wong. And please, there are very few stocks that I think that I have, say, a 10-year perspective on. NVIDIA's one. I think you'll just look back and say, well, you know what? It got hit but it was right by. buy. It's difficult to find stocks to buy right now, and it may even get worse before it gets better, and that could be the case with Nvidia. I want you to prepare accordingly. All man money tonight, I'm drilling down on the state of the oil industry with the pioneer CEO of Pioneer Natural Resources, and you don't want to miss it. Wow, Sheffield's back. Then, we've heard from plenty of retailers, but I don't know the names belong in your closet. I'll tell you what to shop and what to drop. And Acreage Holdings says shareholders are supportive of its deal with Canopy Growth, they sit down with both CEOs, we'll find out. Stay with Kramer.
1: Don't miss a second of Mad Money. Follow at Jim Kramer on Twitter. Have a question? Tweet Kramer. Hashtag mad tweets. Send Jim an email to madmoney at CNBC.com or give us a call at 1 800 743 CNBC. Miss something? Head to madmoney.cnBC.com.
3: As the price of oil has been obliterated over the past few weeks, even the stocks of the best front exploration production companies have been crushed. Take Pioneer Natural Resources. That's a pure play in the Permian Basin. scenario area is practically overflowing with crude. Now, we love the Permian, and we love that longtime former CEO Scott Sheffield came out of retirement to run this business again. He's been making some very smart moves. But if the price of crude keeps falling thanks to worries about a potential uh, worldwide slowdown, should we be more careful? Still, this one absolutely does get cheaper as it goes lower. You know, I often say that some companies don't. So let's check in with Scott Shepherd, He's the president and, C- and CEO of Pioneer Natural Resources to get a better read on where his company's headed. Scott, welcome back. Thank you, Jim. Good to see you, sir. Good to see you. Uh, so didn't retirement didn't suit you? Want to come back to work?
4: No, the, the board uh, came up to me after Tim retired and asked me, uh, do you want to come back, Scott, or we're going to have to go outside and hire somebody? So I came back for the investors and for the employees.
3: Well, uh, you, for the, when you retired, I said you were the best there is because I figured once you retired, I can say I don't have to worry. But you okay. are. And what's amazing is is that you very quickly got decided, pure play permanent, got rid of Eagleford. I thought maybe you could even get more, but you called it around here. Don't worry about yes. it. And then took this balance sheet and made it seem like you know a blue chip balance sheet as opposed to just going wildcat.
4: No, it's, it's still the best balance sheet among all independents. And um, the first thing I did when I came back, obviously, was focused on the cost structure, mm-hmm. drilling, completion facilities, and, of course, overhead. And sad to say, we had to go through uh, a reduction in force of about 520 people. So we, we let our G&A per BOE, which is a measure that we all measure right. overhead in an um, oil and gas company, it's down to the low $2 range. And so, But it's been the tough things, but I'm very excited about the future. Well,
3: no, that ratio is not the only one I like. Uh, uh, oil to gas and also price you get uh, versus uh, on the market. I mean you're making the most per barrel, and you've got the most oil of any of, the, of any of the companies.
4: Yes, our slides show that in our IR presentation. Uh, we, we started this I'm, I was on your show several years ago about the export ban, and so a lot of the work that we did about seven years ago, all of our crude moves to the Gulf Coast. Right. And we're getting Brent pricing. So we're exporting 98% of our crude.
3: And I want people to know, why do I like a guy like Sheffield? Okay, he came on the show and he said, we're going to be exporting oil. And I I thought that was insane. We weren't making it. We were just, uh, it is such a deficit. But you saw it coming. Now, I want to know, what's the next big thing? Because the Permian prices judged by this Occidental deal are ridiculously high versus what you paid.
4: Yes. Uh, we paid essentially nothing for our acreage, uh, less than $500 per acre about 20 years ago. And uh, Oxy, based on a, a report coming out of RS and some sell-side analysts, they're paying somewhere close to fifty to 55000 per acre for the Delaware to get in the Delaware and expand it. So the average price of deals done, about 38000 per acre um, over the last two to three years, but Oxy stepped up. And paid fifty-five thousand per acre.
3: Well, in the comp school, you actually addressed the question—the uh, question of M&A—and you said that Anna was kind of right, but you're really not betting on a lot of M&A going forward, are you?
4: Probably not the next two years. Yeah. I, I think the majors do want to buy the pioneers of the world, the Conchos, the Parsley Energies, uh, but they're running—they uh, set out these big targets. Right. Exxon's going to a million barrels a day. Uh, Chevron's going to nine hundred thousand barrels a day. And over the next two to three years, they're going to be depleting their inventory. At some point, they will have to come and make strong offers to
3: the independents. Well, I like Chevron very much, and I know that they have a war chest, and they've got a great balance sheet. Even if they had bought uh, Anadarko, they were going to be able to buy back stock. But when I think about it, the Permian may be, uh, let's just say it's so lucrative, and there's so much oil there that maybe the window is going to be closing if they don't buy with oil down here where it is.
4: Yeah, I know it. And uh, there's only, um, it's been stated, there's only four companies that can get to over a million barrels a day. Pioneer, Concho, Exxon, and Chevron. And so only four of those, four of the companies out there can reach over a million barrels a day. But,
3: but, and you should explain to people that natural gas is not a great asset to have. You, the, those companies all have good, but natural gas, what is the price right now? And can any company make money at it is negative. Sad to say. Uh, you got to yeah. explain to people because I
4: people I don't believe me when I tell it's it to free. them. It's free. So, <laughs> and gas in the Permian, we have some probably the cheapest electricity in the Permian because of all the windmills. We have zero gas prices are actually negative. Uh, Pioneer's taking our gas to California, so we're not seeing any of the negative prices. But a lot of the independents are seeing negative. We're waiting on the Kinder Morgan line. It's coming on in yes. October. We're waiting on the next Kinder Morgan line coming on October of two thousand twenty. The problem is, we got five to six crude oil lines coming in from Permian to the Gulf Coast, but we've only got one gas line. We need to build another four to five natural well, gas Well, Mexico
3: lines. wants it. You got one in Mexico. I mean, that would save a. But there's a couple of companies like Apache really could use a natural gas line that were to Mexico.
4: Yes, but they have a new president down there, and he's talked about yes. uh, whether or not he should be importing as much natural gas into his country. Uh, he wants to spend money and build his own refinery down there. And so I don't know the right. the problem that, that what's going to solve our natural gas industry is get more LNG. Products. Yeah, right. You got to go. We need to ship it out just like we are crude oil yeah. and just like we sh-
3: are propane, butane, ethane and yeah, products. A lot, of, a lot of butane export. One last question. You were visionary. You told me all this could happen. I, I was skeptical, but you made me a believer. How big can we be now? How big can United States be? How big can the Permian be? Okay, U.S., a little over 12 million barrels a day of right. oil.
4: Versus six, what, seven, when you
3: told I, me that I we could— I say five,
4: five to six. No, but f- no I'm saying when, we, when you
3: came we on, were, we were five to we were six, five and you to told six. me we
4: could double. We could double. It's going to 17 million barrels a day. Most of it will come from the Permian. The Permian going from 4.2— to eight to nine million barrels a day. 17? 17, yes. But so, it'll be over a slower pace. So if we get
3: tensions in the Middle East, I should be more uh, a little bit less concerned. It's not going to be the be-all and end-all of this world. No, exactly.
4: We don't have to rely on the Middle East again, hopefully,
3: even though we're still sending aircraft carriers and troops over there. Well, 17 million. Look, uh, anybody who doubted you before is dead wrong. I don't doubt you now. I'll tell you that. And welcome back, because you are a terrific executive. No, thank you, Jim. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. That's Scott Sheffield. He is the pioneer and he's the head of Pioneer Natural Resources. Listen to what he said. 17 million. He was right last time. Everyone was laughing. Not laughing now. Mad Money's back after the break.
5: Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you.
1: As we look at the second quarter, we felt we really had a pull back there and still have been able to hold it together, but it's in a much more challenging environment. Look, there's no walking away from the fact that the consumer is feeling more pressure right now here and in China, and you can't walk away from the fact that the trade disputes and the issues are not creating a bit of a hangover with the consumer.
3: Last night, we heard that downbeat retail takeaway from Manny Chirico, CEO of PVH, the gigantic apparel maker uh, that's Calvin Klein and Tommy Hilfiger. Now, his stock actually fell more than $14 in the wake of that particular quarter. But you know something? Not all retailers are succumbing to the gloom. Even as many have seen their stocks like PVH totaled. So tonight I want to get you up to speed on this newly hated sector, it just has a handful of winners. When it comes to retail, you've you got one of those things, it's a Clint movie, you got the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it, it's easy to tell who is who. Oh, by the way, how underrated, underrated was uh, Lee Van Cleave? True star of that movie. All right, let's start with the good. The few retailers that actually helped their case when they reported last week, and there's emphasis on few. Even though trade war worries are weighing on the whole industry, some companies managed to transcend China. First and foremost there's Target okay uh, and that exploded higher after posting a terrific top and bottom line beat with a 4.8% same store of sales growth fueled by a major pickup in traffic we talked last week about Brian Cornell and what a great job he's doing as CEO Target was the breakout star of last week's earnings uh, but it didn't have uh, much positive pin action as a matter of fact it had like no pin action whatsoever why Well, as Cornell explained on the conference call, they generated these results by being different from everyone else. Target spent years investing in sexier stores, building out same-day delivery, growing its digital business. It's just on fire. Those moves are finally paying off. Best part, stocks run up nearly 12% since the quarter. But you know what? It's only at less than 14 times earnings. Given that Target's probably going to have some of the best growth in the sector, I think it is a steal here. Remember, this is mad money. We're not trying to tell you what happened. We're trying to tell you what could work. Second retail winner, and this one's another one that could work that hasn't, TJX. That's the parent of TJ Maxx, Marshall's Home Goods. This is another one that mostly stands on its own because TJX is an off-price chain. They buy their merchandise from other retailers when they're desperate to offload excess inventory, which is how they can beat Amazon on price and why they don't care about China. They don't even care about online. That that model allowed TJX to deliver an excellent quarter, 5% same-store sales growth when the analysts were only looking for 3.6%. In fact, TJX seems to be benefiting from the trade war. Many major chains run their shipments to avoid the higher tariffs. And now they're sitting on huge piles of inventory that they'll eventually need to get rid of. TGX will be happy with cash to take it off their hands. My only fear, the stock isn't exactly cheap. Selling for more than 19 times earnings, but it's pulled back along with the rest of the market, giving you an unbelievable buying opportunity if you don't already own it. And all oh, we keep seeing, 7,000 stores close this year and more and more and more as each one of these guys report. If you're looking for retailers that just that just reported genuinely great quarters, but I haven't been able to really dig down on them, I'm going to give you a target in TJX Uh, But let's talk about some that are treading water. Okay, on the one that you've got, uh, let's say a story that I find quizzical at this moment, but I like the company so much long term. I got to talk about it positively. It's Home Depot because they are a not so hot quarter thanks to really putrid weather, meaning mostly just raining all over the country during the most important season, gardening season. The despot gave me an earnings beat on weaker-than-expected same-store sales, but the stock really got slammed when management admitted that they hadn't included the impact of the tariffs when their forecast for 2019. You're going to hear me keep coming back to this tariff issue because it's so important to retail. However, this is an incredibly well-run company that's got great scale, and they seem confident business will be turning. In fact, it may have already turned over the weekend uh, because, boy, the weather got better. Now, if this market has another down, Jeff, I would use it to buy some Home Depot, which is what we've been telling people who belong to the ActionAlertsPlus.com uh, club, and I've got to tell you, I feel great conviction that if if we get another good weekend or two of weather, Home Depot is going to have some pretty good things to say. On the other hand, you got companies reporting good quarters with tepid guidance, and that's a different story. Best Buy, BBY, terrific results. Yet they refuse to raise their full year forecast, and their answers about the tariffs. Not inspiring. Ross Stores actually delivered a beaten race, but while their full year forecast was good, the guidance for next quarter was worrisome. Ross is an off-price chain like TJX, except it was worse than TJX, and it's got a more expensive stock. Now, uh, some that we are just doing work on, I tell you, I, I don't like to talk about stocks who I've not been able to go through the conference calls, but I got to mention them because they're soaring tonight. And the one I'm thinking about is Williams Sonoma. It gave you a terrific quarter, and we know that they've moved a lot of their stuff out of China. That's important. I'm going to talk about that later. Uh, that concept of moving out later when it comes to Dollar General, which had a fantastic quarter. Now, we saw something similar to the negatives that I saw in Best Buy with Urban Outfitters, which posted genuinely robust results. But unfortunately, in the conference call, CFO Francis Conforti told us some discouraging stuff about the current quarter. Low single-digit negative same-store sales, declining gross margins. Now, Urban's launching a new subscription-based apparel uh, rental so- service, kind of like Rent the Runway. It's called Mooly, It's N-U-U-L-Y. For $88 a month, I think it's intriguing long-term, but short term the business is definitely challenged. I'm betting you'll get a better buying opportunity if you're patient. Of course, I would always love to be proven wrong, and if Urban Outfitters CEO Richard Hayne wanted to come on the show, well, I would absolutely love it and fill it off his own. All right, how about the ugly? Well, there's a lot of them, maybe too many to mention, but let's start with one that, one that I got wrong, okay? I think you always have to own that. I didn't expect this. I said it would be bad. I didn't it be this bad. I'm talking about Kohl's. They disappointed they cut his forecast. Everybody knew the numbers would be bad going into the last week, and I told all the members of the club that that was going to be the case, but hardly anyone thought it would be this bad. Kohl's is now forecasting a down year for earnings. You can't have a down year for earnings in this market. That said, the stock has really already lost 30% of its value, and it's got a really big yield. So at this point, hey, you know what? It's okay. It's a 10 times earnings, 5.3% yield, and that's why we've been buying it back for the trust if you're selling it higher. Worst case, they're paying you to wait for a turn, and that dividend is too good to ignore because they got a good balance sheet. Make no mistake about it, Coles though, had a tough quarter. Uh Lowe's disappointed. Now, just like Home Depot, they had to contend with the terrible gardening season. However, the new CEO, Marvin Ellison, is signaling that it could take some time to turn this one around. Stock got slammed last week because Ellison has so many true believers who bail on Lowe's after the quarter. I think he's a fantastic executive. I think he can turn the thing around. But I I, I take him at his word when he implies that the process might take longer than we thought, which is why there was so much selling. Then there's the Foot Locker debacle. FL, holy cow, the Footwear chain's top and bottom line numbers came up short. Management cut their full-year earnings forecast. Hideous quarter. Foot Locker missed numbers across the board and then lowered the boom on us anyway. It doesn't help that Footwear is right at the epicenter of the trade war with China. Everyone assumes that these companies are going to get hit and hit hard. My view, as long as people are worried about the tariffs, you should expect Foot stock to stay toxic. And we might be worried about tariffs for a long time. Hey, you know what, from the looks of things, <coughs> excuse me, again, I, as I mentioned, I do not want to be in a situation where I comment on a company that I've not been able to do a lot of research on, but it's just blow away the gap reported a major miss tonight, okay, both on the top and bottom line, it's really nasty, always have to point that out. Finally, Nordstrom laid an egg last week, hence the stocks break down from 37 and change to less than 33 as of today. Wow. This thing was in the 60s last year. This high-end department store chain is really struggling. Don't take it from me. Listen to what Nordstrom had to say in its own words. They told you that their top-line results impacted by loyalty, digital marketing, and merchandise. All going wrong. That's terrifying. If Nordstrom's being weighed down by its loyalty program, its digital marketing spending, and its selection of merchandise, what the heck is left? The company's trying to turn things around trying to be transformational, investment year, all that kind of talk that I hate. It's in the crosshairs, uh, and I think you're taking your life in your hands if you try to speculate it, unless they break off rack. Here's the bottom line. Uh, Between the trade war with China and a potentially slower economy here at home, this is a tough moment for retail. But if you do your homework, you'll find retailers that can work even in a difficult environment, which is why Target and TJX have been flying. Oh, and if you want to go bargain hunting, you could do a lot worse. Than Home Depot and Kohl's. Let's go to Rich in New York. Rich.
4: Booyah, long time, first time.
3: All right, good to have you on the show.
4: Uh, Stitch Fix, I'm concerned about uh, international expansion not really happening, uh, competitors, possibly Amazon, and user growth. What do you think?
3: You know, I think Katrina's doing a pretty good job there. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think that it's just a young company that got a lot of good things, but. When I talk with Katrina Lake, I think she's a kind of a visionary. It's a $2 billion company. I I think, no, I think it's it's okay. I'm not going to jump up and down about it, but I think it's okay. All right. Look, we know this has become a promotional tough market for retail. Manny Triggert told us that last night. But if you do your homework, you can still find retailers that can work. Particularly a lot of them that have been knocked down. All right. Much more money. Um, much more money today. You know, Illinois just moved one step closer to become the next state to legalize marijuana. I'm talking with two of the hottest plays in the space to find out what it means for your green, and they're getting together. Then it's a, a stock that can be universally loved by investors and your portfolio. I'll reveal the name. No calls. Are rapid fire. Tonight's edition of the Lightning Round. So stay with. Kramer.
1: In the Great White North, the cannabis craze made Canopy Growth a stock to watch. But to make it to the top, this Canadian company is planting a flag south of the border. Is the United States too slow to cash in on marijuana's hot moment? Or will a new deal with Acreage Holdings mean blue skies ahead for this green growing trend?
3: Whenever the stock market gets hammered, as it has been, I like to circle the wagons around powerful, secular growth stories that do not need a strong economy to prosper. Stories like the booming cannabis industry. These pot stocks have a wild west feel about them. I know that. But regular viewers know I've been a huge fan of canopy growth. But not just because they got a $4 billion war chest for Constellation of but because they're a leader in both medicine and recreational. I think the money will let them dominate in the budding marijuana business. And last month, they announced the next step in their plan. Canopy told us they agreed to buy acreage holdings, $2.1 billion cannabis roll-up, but only on conditional terms because that's the way it has to be done. Canopy has the right to acquire as much as 100% of acreage, and they're required to buy the whole thing the moment weed becomes legal in the United States, which, you know, we think well, man, money will happen sooner than people realize. Now, you hardly ever see anything like this, which is why I want to kick the tires here. Let's take a closer look with Bruce Linton. He's the chairman and co-CEO of Canopy Growth and a frequent guest here. And Kevin Murphy is the chairman and CEO of Acreage Holdings. Also been on the show to learn more about the deal. Mr. Lennon, Mr. 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 Murphy, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Bruce, Good. a while ago you told me that your, your goal was to dominate. Does Acreage make it
6: so that you can dominate more easily? Absolutely. So when you look at their footprint, 20 states, you look at their governments, their board is solid. So we know they're going to behave ethically. They're going to run as hard as they can. Now we can lend down all of the skills we have, all the brands we have, the intellectual property. So that means they're getting... Basically, without any cost, all the advantages we've developed, which means there's no doubt they can dominate all the markets they're in, which is all through the U.S. I like what Bruce said about corporate governance, because a lot of people are saying, I don't know about some of these stocks. Talk about your
3: board, because mm-hmm. your board looks like an all-star group of people.
7: The business has been born out of an illicit business. And we felt compelled to not only bring in top executives to surround it, with a board of directors, Speaker John Boehner, Governor Bill Weld, Prime Minister Brian Maroney, these folks have joined our organization because they believe in the movement, they believe in the value of the plant, but they also believe in good governance, or they wouldn't have joined our company in the first place.
3: I, I asked Speaker Boehner why, and he said that it was palpable, opiates got to stop this. This is a nice alternative. It's a reasonable alternative. It is a national imperative, isn't it? It is.
7: But it's also the sheer fact that 94% of Americans are looking for cannabis to be legalized in some form. And as the Speaker of the House and the representative of the people of the United States,
3: that has drawn him To be a part of our organization as well. You guys know, have your pulse more than anyone. When is it going to happen? Bruce? I mean, I know that dispensaries are, you're a king of dispensaries in this country. But I think people want to know, I don't want to feel like if
6: I look at the label and says THC, I'm going to jail. When is that going to end? So I think, you know, the FDA, there's a couple things going on, right? Tomorrow, FDA is hearing about CBD. What should we do about it? So that's you go to Not dispens- just hemp seed, no. they want to have CBD okay. and they, w- what we need to have is the consumer wants to be protected, they want to know what's in there. It's the right. same as every other product. Then when they go to states' rights, that makes it so you start to be able to govern at the state level what they're going to do with THC. And so Kev uh, he lives this world, but we're thinking 18 24 months and uh, that's mm-hmm. just enough time to use all of our IP and brands to really get ahead. The next wave comes on and we're way at the front. Well the more I look at this, the more
3: I realize I'm being way too ethnocentric or at least ethnocontinental. Yeah. Because when I look at the move in the last eighteen months with countries, yeah. I realize that this is an international story and you guys really the only guys that have the capital to be able to
6: Take it over. Yeah, we're in 16 countries. We've got plants growing in Denmark, Spain. We've got plants in Australia, Colombia. We've got extraction processes. You know, we've announced in the last two weeks deals where we buy something like C3, which is a German pharmaceutical extractor, clinically proven products. This works, which is a UK based wellness kind of health feel good product. This is a global thing. And there's more than 30 countries governing it. When they govern it, they expect you to create jobs, bring products, and you have to follow the rules. That's where we live. Right now, in terms of following the rules, what you've done, Kevin,
3: is is really incredible. Every time a, a state, you're there. Yeah. When a state gets legal, some guys we've had on the show, candily, they overexpanded already. They have, no ba- they have no backing. They have no power. You've got the balance sheet. Is your image that this is always going to be separate, like in a dispensary, or are there going to be uh, THC bars? Are there going to be THC stores? Are we going to have candy bars? We had, we, the other day we had Mondelez on, okay? At, at Cadbury. And I'm thinking, I don't want a strange bar. I want a Cadbury bar. Are oh, all these things are going to happen?
7: Absolutely. Once you have social consumption in the United States, you're gonna see it become more mainstream. And with that, we believe that it's gonna be in deliverables, vapes, candies, food products, you name it. Major brands. Major brands. And major brands are already looking to the space. How do we get in? Back to our board. Yeah, Major brands are a little pensive to get involved today. But they're gonna look to the players that are dominant not only here in the U.S., but globally, who has a Speaker Boehner, who has a Governor Bill Weld, who has a Prime Minister Moroney, that's really what they're looking. It is going to matter, because yeah. it I
3: speak to all these guys offline, and yeah. they're all like, well, I don't know, I don't know. Well, uh,
6: You don't know with Boehner? You don't know with Moroney? It's fear you don't of mitigation, right? They, 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 want, they want to come in. They all have a committee. They want to right. go to the right company, but they can't look stupid. These guys help keep stupid away.
3: We think THC, we think you've got medical, yeah. you've got recreational. Uh, now many other countries, I had thought this was going to be a $200 billion disruption. I'm talking about the disruption. Mm-hmm. I have now decided that I think that that's way too low because of all these countries adopting. Where, what numbers can we think about? Remember, mm. disruption. I'm not saying you're going to have X in sales. That's not what I'm saying.
6: Yeah. Disruption. So, so I, I think I was kind of pushing you towards 400. Yes, you were. And the reason uh, is you start saying, well, where does it end? Even with hemp. Uh, maybe you're getting protein, so that's a substitute for other proteins. You're getting CBD. Maybe you're getting fuel or fiber. That's just that. Then you start right. getting into dog care, geriatric care. We're running long-term care, care facilities. so important, man. Right, but it's huge. And now you think about long-term care facilities. How many right. dollars do you disrupt when you don't have sleeping aids, anxiety medication, painkillers, and it starts to be cannabis? And you work your way down our bottling plant that we made with Constellation. It's um, looking to be ready to make great beverages in Canada in... Q4 delivery. Q4? Yes. Yeah. So, so you'll be coming to Canada. That's ahead of what Bill told us. Yeah, so we, we, we've CEO. got this building and we want to have the, the regulations and the site have to come together, but we're looking at Q4. All so right. you start saying, where does that go? It's a huge market.
3: All right, one last uh, thing I got to ask you about. Can we, it looks like we had the New Jersey setback, but good news, in Illinois, yesterday?
7: Very good news in Illinois. The governor, the General Assembly have come together and voted it through. We're looking now to the House. We believe that's going to take place, ASAP. Big state. I, it's the fifth largest state in the United States. New Jersey's going to be close behind. We believe that New York is okay, going to be Jersey's closer.
3: Okay, I think New York yeah. because gonna, once Massachusetts dispensaries really start kicking in, New York can't lose that revenue.
7: And let me tell you,
3: Connecticut, New Hampshire. Rhode Island, they're all looking to it as well. All right, well let's leave it at that. This is Bruce Linton, he's chairman and co-CEO of Canopy Growth, and Kevin Murphy is the chairman and CEO of Acreage Holdings. These guys are coming together. You know that Canopy has been by far the one that I've backed the whole way and it's been a huge winner. Now it's Canopy Acreage. have Money's back after the break. And then the lighting round is over. Are you ready, Skid? That is over the lighting round. I'm going to start with Joe in New Jersey. Joe! Hello, Kramer! Joe! Thank you for your great advice and all that you do for us. Thank you! Okay, my stock is Realogy, ticker R-M-G-Y. You what a tough on that's been. And you know what? That's connected to part of real estate that a lot of the... Now, it's just not moving enough, and you're not going to want
5: to own that stock. I need you to go to Issa, or Issa
3: in New York. Issa. GM, Issa. Yes. Cool from
5: New York. Okay, yeah, man, what's happening? I appreciate everything you do, man. Oh, I really you. do. Please keep it up. We need you out here. I'm, thank I'm you. calling about Six Flags. I wanted to know during the um the China the trade war and everything. Yeah, I know that last good quarter good. wasn't
3: that great. They had they kind of overpromised on on China yield six percent. I think it's fine. Uh, I, I I prefer entertainment properties EPR. I think that's better in that segment. Let's go to Charles in Oregon where my daughter lives. Charles, Jim, how are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm looking at Vistion Corp. Uh, Symbols. Yeah, no no, 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 because if we're going to be related to auto, I mean, the only one that's worked out of auto is Cypress Semi. Uh, remember, they came on and said good things, so they got a bid, but no, we're going to stay away from uh, anything auto. I need to go to Matt in my home state of New Jersey. Matt.
6: Jim, it's Matt in New Jersey. I'm an Action Alert subscriber and yes. a long-time listener. How you doing today, buddy?
3: You know, I'd be kind of in mixed bag. How about you?
6: I'm doing fantastic, man. So, listen, I've been flipping these calls in Diamondback energy. Every time it goes below the mid-90s or in the mid-90s and flipping out of them at 104, 105. Do I stay
3: with this strategy? They're really smart guys. They are really smart guys. Mr. Stice is smart. Uh, You know, all I can tell you is, is that I think the Diamondback is real good. I do like Pioneer better. Let's go to Jeff in Illinois. Jeff! Jim, how's it going? I'm doing well. How about you? Excellent. So I wanted to get your opinion on Molson Company. It seems like it has good fundamentals, but it just keeps going down. I know. um, A financial company that a lot of people kind of don't really, they're not really interested Not a lot of M&A right now. Uh, It's a good boutique firm. Yield 6%. I think the dividend is safe, but I can't pound the table. It's just not the right stock for this environment. Let's go to Tom in California. Tom. Which is Buyas from Sunny Sun of Cal. Love it. Love hey, the show, I've done well with shares of this company. Clean
1: balance sheet, no debt, solid growth. I'm thinking of adding on. What's your take
3: on that folio? I know it's property management uh, cloud, I believe, that I keep thinking. If you have any niche cloud, you could end up being like Viva Systems up nineteen dollars and eighty one cents. Let me do some more work on your stock. Viva, by the way, some, congratulations to Peter Gastner. Has he done a great job? Hey, by the way, the guys at Okta did well too. I was just in their building the other day. Let's go to James in New York. James. Hey Jim. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. I
2: want to say I just uh want Elena Avate to know I love her madly. And your thoughts on Sunworks.
3: Um ooh, that's nice. Um, Some works. You know, I'm not a solar guy. Uh, I'm solar, but I'm not going to recommend a solar stock. And that, ladies and gentlemen, of the Lightning Round!
1: The Lightning Round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade.
3: Let's say you deliberately set out to create a stock that fits the current zeitgeist. When that passes that entire checklist I gave you at the top of the show, well, I don't think you could do much better than the stock of Dollar General, which folded 7% to a new all-time high today after putting some really remarkable numbers. close observers servers of this show know that I've always been a big fan of the dollar store chains. I think they're, they offer tremendous bargains for regular people. And <laughs> hey, by the way, of course, they got a killer candy aisle. But everyone on Wall Street has been terrified that Dollar General and its doppelganger, Dollar Tree, would be annihilated in this trade war because so much of the merchandise is sourced in China. If you sell everything for a dollar and you get your stuff from a country that's being hit with 25% tariffs, a very simple answer. You need to start sourcing somewhere else or you got to raise prices or you will lose money on a lot of stuff you sell if you keep it at a buck. Dollar General saw this morass coming and was ready to source elsewhere. Smart move. Let's be real here. Over a year ago, the president gave American companies pretty much fair warning, I thought. He made it crystal clear that he wants to crack down on trade with China. If you believed him, you had plenty of time to find new suppliers. And that's a lot of what Dollar General did. Always had good sources all over the globe. And now it gets just 6% of its merchandise directly from the People's Republic. That is a shockingly low number. It's one that will lead to better prices for all who shop at Dollar General. That was not an easy task. Dollar General is more than fifteen thousand stores. It is a behemoth. But it's also nimble when it comes to sourcing. And this company, like another hero of mine, Cisco, saw the trade war coming and decided to take action before getting bushwhacked like so many other retailers. The department stores have been absolutely shredded because their stock, they, they needed to compete with Amazon, they haven't been able to shift their sourcing away from China fast enough because they're so dear in the headlights about it. The only other retailer to move out of China with alacrity has been Williams-Sonoma, something CEO Laura Albert told us that she was doing not that long ago when we were in San Francisco. Hey, it looks like it paid off numbers tonight. Dollar General has one guiding principle, and that is they're all about keeping prices as low as possible for you, the consumer. Listen to what the company's visionary CEO, Todd Vassos had to say on a conference call. Quote, when you look at our Gains. Our core consumers continue to tell us, I feel pressure. But again, this core consumer always is under pressure financially. Her income levels are on the lower end, as we all know, end quote. However, the story this time has got a positive, positive spin because he says that the consumer continues to tell us that she's back to work. She continues to tell us that she hasn't got a little bit more money in her pocket, more so from productivity, meaning working more hours than actual wage growth, but yet more money, end quote. Sure enough, Dollar General was able to deliver a huge upside surprise. Their same store Sales grew at a 3.8% clip. And look looking at 28 That's what they thought. That's a big increase. You know, oh, they're also benefiting not just from higher prices, but from more store traffic. So important. That means they're also taking share from the competition. In other words, people are trading down from regular retailers to the dollar stores, or I would say perhaps they're trading up from nothing to the dollar stores. Now, I always tell you that Wall Street's filled with snobs who refuse to visit downscale places like Dollar General. And I'll use that downscale word because I, I go to these places. Okay, they're not like Neiman Marcus. Instead, they spend a lot of the time reading about these stores. That's never going to give you a full picture. And while I still prefer shopping at Dollar Tree, I have a great couple, three, actually three of my like, uh, and they reported a strong quarter to two. Dollar General gave us the roadmap for dealing with tariffs. If President Trump targets the rest of our imports from China, there's still 300 billion, by the way, worth of goods that's tariff free, then other companies will need to follow in their footsteps. I think Trump will expand the tariffs, although I expect it to be 10 to 25 percent. But that makes the Dollar General playbook incredibly relevant. They figured it out. Make no mistake. The companies that took the president seriously on trade, the ones that moved away from China, because why would you take that darn risk, have given their investors some spectacular gains. I'm looking for these kinds of companies. Dollar General's the latest terrific example. Nobody would have thought a dollar store could get its direct Chinese exposure down to a puny 6%. But Dollar General sure did. And now its investors are as happy as its customers. Stick with Kramer. Some cloud-based stocks still got Mojo. I mentioned Viva, but after the close, Okta looks really good. Hey, Zscaler, I like how I'm hearing from those guys. But you know what? (laughs) Retail, this Gap Store's number was so bad. (laughs) What's cheap only looks cheap. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise I'll find it just for you right here on of Money. I'm Jim Cramer, and I'll see you tomorrow.